544, I think, with Mr. Joel Hirschhorn. And uh, how about you introduce yourself, sir? <laughs> well, I'm the author of Pandemic Blunder, uh, a book that I think people ought to read and get educated well. It's on Audible. Uh, Sorry for everybody listening. On Audible. I'll put it in the description. I've listened to it. It's fantastic. And uh, I started out my career as a professor at University of Wisconsin-Madison. I directed a medical research program there between engineering college and the medical school. Uh, went on to work for the U.S. Congress and uh, also the National Governance Association. I testified as a, a trusted expert over 50 times at U.S. Senate and House hearings. Um, since I've been retired, uh, I uh, have been an executive volunteer at a major hospital. And, um, you know, I got involved with the pandemic because I, uh, once I started to see the data in March of 2020 from Zelenko, a wonderful doctor, and others, that we could cure COVID-19, um, I said, I got to deal with this. And uh, the public wasn't getting good information. The public has got nothing but lies and propaganda. And uh, Dr. Fauci has done his best to block wide use of the generics used in the protocols that Zelenko and others develop. Uh, we know that certainly ivermectin has gotten a lot more attention recently and we know it works. I'm always amazed when I hear doctors say they've taken ivermectin. Um, so that's where I am. I, you know, I'm, I'm trying to educate uh, and inform the public to offset all of the nasty lies and propaganda that most people get uh, through the news on social media or their network news shows, whatever. So it's, it, I'm, I'm relying on uh, publishing my articles. Now I'm three or four articles a month. I have a couple of uh, good websites, courageous websites that tell the truth and podcasts like you who also tell the truth. And for everybody listening, uh, Dr. Hirshhorn has, is also the person that has put me, put me in touch with guests such as Dr. Peter McCullough, Dr. Tenenbaum, Dr. Fareed. So for all of those episodes that anyone may or may have enjoyed, it's thanks to you. So um, now, those are great people. Uh, Fantastic. Simply. What's going on right now? We've kind of we've kind of touched on this before, and we'll we'll shift towards the FDA approval in a second. But I mean, again, what you just said because it has to be, it really does have to be beaten down. Uh, it's almost kind of like weird analogy, but I guess this is par for the course for this podcast. It's almost like you know terms like Islamophobia, right? And then it's like it's not a phobia if it's real, and. Well, 9-11, that was so long ago, and it's like, you have to, it doesn't matter if it was coming up on 20 years ago, it doesn't matter if it was 10 years ago, or 5 years ago, or 50 years ago, I mean, it. we we grow numb to it, just out of no other reason than we've seen it so many times, it's just, you know, I lost a brother to suicide in 2014, I've run over in my head so many times that, like, I, I don't think I could, like, be devastated by it if I tried, it's just because I've, I've, my my mind has been callous to it. When you look back at something like 9-11, I mean, you really sometimes if you're like, man, why are we, you know, why are we so Islamophobic? You really got to pull up a video of of men and women holding hands and jumping to their death out of, you know, the World Trade Center to avoid being burned alive. And you go, this did happen. So an odd analogy for that. But in terms of the reason I said that is, is sometimes you do just have to kind of keep hammering on things to be like, this is a thing. And the thing yeah. I'm alluding to is. I mean, there is widespread and coordinated uh, suppression of information, let alone the doctors. It's just information about generic medication. Like, there's this there's this idea that there's like teams. You're on team vaccine, and you're on team ivermectin, and it's like no, these doctors they they're they're on team take care of people. And if they think the if they think the vaccine's the way to go, they'll say, I mean, you know, Dr. McCullough says no one should take it, whereas Dr. Malone says people over 50 should take it. And Dr. Hodkinson says people over 70 should, like, they're all these, but even they, like, they, they respectfully disagree. But at the end of the day, they are all physicians who are saying, you know, we're on team Hippocratic Oath, whether I think it's the right. vaccine or ivermectin or whether I think you should do some push-ups and, you know, whether I think you should just turn off the news and go take some vitamin D because you're 18. Like, there's not this, there's not this, you're on this, you're on this. So 
But there is a team, and it's on team profit margin for Big Pharma. And they mm-hmm. are widely... So this entire rant that I'm going on right now is to hit home again that there is... Today, August 26, 2021, there is still widespread suppression of cheap, proven, decades-old generic medications that, if used early, could reduce the death rate and the hospitalization rate by 85%. And it's yeah. we've, we've touched on that on every podcast that we've done so far, but like the 9-11 analogy, I have to keep hitting it home because it is still going on. There is, they are... They're perpetuating a genocide that I think is nothing short of a a crime against humanity. I mean, not to sound hyperbolic, but that's what it is. But had to get that out of the way. Your newest article is about FDA approval. What do you want to relay to my audience? Well, I think it's a a terrible story that FDA has actually given the Pfizer vaccine a full approval. Uh, it's very sad. It's a very sad day. I just uh, wrote an article about it, published it yesterday. And when you look at all the data, I always get a laugh. Who's following the science? You know, I think there's good data, uh, actually a lot of official government data, that says probably 20,000 people have died from taking the Pfizer vaccine. And what's really almost amusing, but it's insane, and maybe Peter McCullough mentioned this, In years past, if you had gotten numbers like this, so many people dying. In fact, in years past, they took vaccines off the market when just a few hundred people died, okay? And then people talk about the flu vaccine. Well, let me tell you, I looked it up. Every year, maybe around 200 people die from the flu vaccines. Flu vaccines have turned out to be pretty safe. But now we're looking at thousands and thousands just from the Pfizer vaccine. Now, you add in all the other vaccines, and I I put it in one of my recent articles, I think the number that I think is legit worldwide is that 100,000 people have died from taking the vaccines, okay? All four of the major vaccines. So I'm, I'm, I can't make that out, but. (laughs) Oh, oh, you can't, oh, for everybody, I'm showing on the the screen right now, the. It's it's the graph, the VAERS graph, it's, oh, which is underreported. But even that Definitely. graph is insane. You know, everybody, I, months ago, I pointed out that there was a Harvard study that said VAERS data may only represent 1%. Yeah. So when I talk about you look at the VAERS data, you look at some other government uh, data, and it's 20,000 visor deaths, well, it could be enormously more. So... I, I, I'm just blown away, and, and in this new article, I put in a lot of data. I, I did some good research, and I found all these surveys, and what amazed me, surveys of physicians, okay? And if you look at all of the data in my article from a, a bunch of surveys, you'll see that oh, a really heavy fraction of doctors in the United States have a pretty low opinion of FDA and CDC, by the way, but FDA is critical. And then I also included in the article, I I got to see uh, through a a doctor's website, the letter that FDA sent Pfizer. And when you look at some content of that letter, they have a whole list of things and they're going to give Pfizer years to do a bunch more studies. Now, why, why are they approving a vaccine with so many dead people and giving the company years to carry out, for example, a study on pregnant women. So why aren't they saying, I don't think they're saying pregnant women don't take the vaccines. I don't think that's true at all, but they're doing years, (laughs) giving Pfizer years to do a study on safety in, in pregnant women. But overall, the point is, and lots of other people have said this, in years past, FDA would have required a vaccine maker to do studies over two, three, four years. Here, Pfizer and the other companies are getting away with just relatively few months of studies of the safety of their vaccines. So I'm with the doctors, a lot of great doctors, saying, no, these vaccines are not proven safe. I'm in the crowd 
Now, I happen to use the number of people over 70, maybe because I'm over 70. But I think when you look at the data on deaths, 70 is a pretty good cutoff. And below 70, unless you have, you know, really comorbidities, some serious problems, most people should not be taking these vaccines. And the other thing that never gets enough attention, Tom, is natural immunity. Probably half the U.S. population has natural immunity, and every damn expert and study has concluded that natural immunity, listen to Harvey Reich of Yale University, another great guy, natural immunity is better than vaccine artificial immunity. And why we're seeing, you know, these variants, okay? This is crazy stuff. I, I am with a couple of top virologists who say that it is the vaccination, the vaccines that are creating the variants, okay? If you stop this massive <laughs> vaccination of the global population, we would do away with the variants. The whole thing would get much better. So I'm with the crowd that says stop vaccination except for, okay, where the benefit is better than, than the risk. And, and that ratio, you know, benefit risk, the benefit is only pretty good if you're over 70. And if, you ha if, you're, if you're younger and have a really serious comorbidity, including serious obesity, okay. But otherwise, you don't have enough. Most people, there's not enough benefit of the vaccine to offset the risk. And what are the risks? Okay. A whole lot of people dying and getting deathly ill uh, I, 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 there's some great websites where you can go and see these videos of all the people who have uh, died or gotten deathly ill from the vaccines. And we're talking about thousands and thousands of people. Now, at the, I, I read these medical research articles and I, I use lots of them to, to dig out the data to inform my audiences. And at the end of every one of these medical journal articles, every one of them, the last paragraph is always, well, true enough, we've just told you about all of the deaths and illnesses from the vaccines, but statistically, you still should take the vaccines because statistically, the vast majority of people who get the vaccines haven't died, okay? And so all these medical researchers, mostly physicians, who get these articles published in major medical journals, I don't know whether they're being forced to say this, or if you're compelled to say it, but they end up every article saying, okay, even though we've just told you this, this horror story about <laughs> the vaccines, uh, you should still get vaccinated. It's a crazy, insane world. It's, uh, I, mean, I mean, it really is. It's, I mean, if it wasn't, you know, the deaths of thousands of people that we were talking about, it would be comical. But I mean, it really is, right? It's really like the the... It's like the pharmaceutical commercials, right? Where yes. it show, shows a bunch of like recently retired men in jeans, like holding hands and running through a flowery field. And it's like side effects may include like hemorrhagic fever, like right. pulmonary right. embolism. Yeah. Or 20, your, different, yeah. 20 different ways to die. Yeah. Still take the medicine. Your liver might fall out of your asshole. But, and it's just like, you know, it's labaniviblab or whatever. And it's like. It's exactly the same for the vaccines. Exactly the same, Tom. <laughs> you know, forget about the thousands of deaths, 20,000 for Pfizer alone, 100,000 worldwide. Forget about all these young people dropping dead. Soon after, I'm amazed at the horror stories I read where relatively young and often men, young men and great athletic men, healthy men, drop dead suddenly days after getting usually the second shot. Okay? This, yeah, it's insanity on steroids. You know, it really is. A world which, but yet, what I'm trying, I, I, I understand why most people fall victim to big media sure. and propaganda. And so, and now, of course, the mandating. And, and we're going to see more mandating before, because FDA approved Pfizer, okay? And I think it was all because of political pressure. The only way to keep up this mandating mantra, you know, is, is to fully approve Pfizer, and then within days or a week or so, they will fully approve Moderna and, and keep going on. So it's crazy stuff. That's absolutely insane to me, but I feel, I feel empathy for the public. Who are they to believe? 
Uh, how much of the, how many of the public have listened to Peter McCullough or Harvey Reich, okay? <laughs> or George Fareed. Uh, there's so many great doctors out there. And, and I keep writing articles, citing a lot of these researchers, the two great virologists, one who got the Nobel Prize, mind you, Montagnier. saying, stop the, he says, stop the vaccination programs. Stop it, period. Yeah. And, and, and both of these great virologists, the one from Belgium and the German one, they, what I found interesting and why I put the two stories together in an article, they ended up both of them saying exactly what is the solution because they're saying stop vaccination. So they felt compelled to say there is a solution. Mm -hmm. And what was their solution? They explicitly said the generic drugs like ivermectin, both of these great virologists a lot smarter than Fauci or the jerks in our government. These two great virologists come to the same conclusion. Number one, stop the vaccination, except for a chosen few who really need it, and take these generic drug protocols. And they mention explicitly ivermectin. So <laughs> it's, you know, you did, you, you did say something that's important. It's like, I do feel empathy for those that took it. And I don't, I don't fault anybody for taking it. I mean, I'm 31. I don't have kids. I don't even have a pet. I'm my own boss. I make my schedule. I schedule my own guests. I do the episodes I want to do. And as you so patiently know, I change my schedule around. Hey, we're going to be an hour later. I want to sleep in. That's I am. I'm in a in a in a rarefied air of autonomy over my own existence. Let's say you're my age and you've like a lot of my friends and you've got kids and you've got a wife. She's pregnant and you're paying off a home and you just started a family and then a pandemic hit and there's rapid inflation and you're trying to work everything out and you're working at a job that you don't love. But I mean, sure, it's good. And you come home and you're exhausted. You're sitting in traffic all day. You come home. The kids are screaming and you've got half an hour of peace to yourself in the evening and you're just watching the news and you just see one blurb that says the vaccines are safe and effective and then your job, the only source of money keeping this whole home life afloat is saying, hey, you got to get the vaccine. You don't give a shit. Give it to me. Yeah, yeah, yeah. I got it. It's just another thing, right? It'd be like if you found out that, it'd be like if you found out using an easy pass at a toll booth, if it's like if you found out that that gave you cancer like 50 years later, <laughs> but I mean, but you know, you're on the highway, you're listening, you got to do this thing. And there's a bunch of long, there's a long line that you got to go give the person money for, or there's an easy pass. I don't even have to, you just go through it. You're not thinking twice about it. I don't fault anyone for getting it. It's, and you know, I'm also, who the hell else has direct contact with Dr. Robert Malone, Dr. Peter McCall. I can just ask them questions. I just send them an email and you know, I have this, yeah. I have this like, this insane level of contact with these individuals. And there's also that can't be downplayed at all. Peer pressure, social pressure. You're not getting it. What are you an anti-vaxxer? You want to kill my grandma? What are you? Are you a neo-Nazi? Oh, you're an anti-vaxxer. Let me guess you all. And it's like, yeah, man, you're at it. You're at a, you're at a job and everyone has it. And, oh, you won't get it. And then, you know, and then what are you trying to say? Well, you know, I've watched an interview with this guy, Dr. Robert Malone, and then everyone else is going, oh, where is it? And you're going, well, it was censored off YouTube. And they're like, oh, so I completely get it. And it's horrible. And I think the vast majority of people doing it are doing it either. You're not thinking twice about it because you don't have the time to think about it or you're doing it to maintain your job, to take care of your family. Yes. And maybe you do know the side effects of it, but you're going, hey, that's a risk I have to take to put food on the table for my kids. Or third, um, you're doing it because you genuinely believe you're doing the right thing. You're doing your patriotic, right. as, as McCullough said, he's like, I think a lot of Americans, good people said, this is my duty. I have to stop the spread of this. I'm not necessarily comfortable with it, but <laughs> I'll do it because I'm an American. And it's a lot of good people I think got taken advantage of. And Can I just yes, sir, take it away. <laughs> Because you just said, I want to pick up on the phrase you just used, and that you mentioned the word spread. And, and what I want to emphasize, and this is the science talking, is that these vaccines, not only do they not kill the virus that's in your body, they do not stop you from spreading the virus that's in your body. Okay? I know, not I know. only don't masks work, okay, to stop the spread. But the vaccines do not work to stop the spread. We need people to, and now we know, now the truth is coming out, that the antibodies, which these vaccines 
theoretically create in your body, they disappear, go away in probably around six months. So now that's why they're going to push <laughs> booster shots and annual shots. This thing will never end. No. And why I love the, the uh, actually with the French Nobel Prize winner neurologist. Luc Montagnier. Because, the, you know, these guys are so smart. He, he says this, this situation is just going to spiral down and down. Forever. After the Delta variant, there'll be another variant that they talk about. Because I think these guys are right. I think it's the vaccines. Okay, it's the it's the spike proteins, that whole story, which are creating and spreading these variants. So you can't, this is a game, what I, what I emphasize, bottom line, the vaccine game cannot be won. <laughs> That's what these smart people are saying. We're playing a game pushed by Fauci and NIH and FDA and CDC. It's a losing proposition. And now, how will we, when will we know this? Well, we'll know it in another six months, another year, another two years, after zillions of more vaccine shots and jabs are given, that the world hasn't gotten a whole lot better, okay? Look at Israel. They thought they had it knocked. The highest level of vaccination of any country in the world. And then what happens? All their vaccinated people are going into hospitals because they have what? Breakthrough infections, okay? Why? Because the antibodies stop working. They're no longer in their bodies. There is test data showing now, people have measured this, and the antibodies have gone down to zero. Zero, after about six months or so. How do you win this game? The only winner in this game, there's only one winner. It isn't the public, it's the drug companies. Because the drug companies, as this goes on, okay, never-ending, terrible story, the drug companies, I always say it's a trillion-dollar global market, yeah. not billions. It's, it's going to be a trillion-dollar market. They have never had it so good, okay? And yet, the experts that you can trust are telling the truth. I'm the writers like me. I'm not the only one out there. Other people writing articles all the time. We're all telling the truth. Podcasters like you are trying to get the truth out, and yet truth seems to be losing. Okay, I don't. I, I'm not in a, a, a positive mood these days, Tom, because I don't see my side, the side that I'm on, the truth-telling side, winning. I I, I still see the majority of power and influence on the evil side of reality. I think is still winning, okay? And that FDA has the goal, the chutzpah, <laughs> to approve the, the Pfizer vaccine with all the negative data about that vaccine is absolutely stunning to me. And people need to, it's not like, well, isn't this great? The government has approved it. No, this is very sad. This is a, this is a catastrophe. This only promotes more mandating and that's what's going to go on, more mandating. And that's why I have empathy, because yes, you can avoid the mandates. I, as a retired person, can avoid the mandates, okay? But let's look at reality. Yeah. Most working people, working Americans, people, uh, kids, college age, school age, people who want to go to college and school, they all are faced with the inevitable decision that they're going to have to accept the mandate and get vaccinated. I got vaccinated, but I felt I did it voluntarily. Would I do it again? Probably not. I admit that. I know my data better today than I did a long time ago, way back in, in January. So am I going to get a booster shot? I'm almost 82. I don't think so. I don't trust these vaccines at all. The more I research, I read, the less I trust them. Okay. So I take my own vitamin and supplement mixed twice a day. I, what I want to emphasize to people, just like the French virologist said, it's not only about taking ivermectin, it's also about your lifestyle. And you can take vitamins and supplements, you can lose weight, yes, and, and get healthy outdoor exercise. There are a lot of things that people can do to what? To improve their natural immunity. Uh -huh. I want to emphasize that, natural healthy immunity. Vitamin C, vitamin D, I'm convinced work, zinc works, quercetin works. I take those four twice a day. 
So does my wife. And I want to do everything I can to keep my immune system because I'm an older person. And as you get older, your immune system gets weaker and weaker. So, okay. But there are choices that people can, can have and they can make if they just do, you know, I, I keep pleading in some of my articles, click on the links, you know, spend some time trying to read these things that I cite in all my articles. I purposely put in lots of links because I'm trying to say to people, click the links, learn on your own. Don't just trust what I'm saying. Read the damn raw materials that I'm citing and using. They're available to you. There are great websites that you can go and check all the data. So, you know, I keep, uh, luckily I still haven't gotten tired of of writing the articles and doing the podcast. I haven't given up to that extent, but I am pessimistic about the whole situation. That's also why I do podcasts that, you know, they're video, but people can also just listen on Spotify. It uses a lot less data if you're on cellular data. It's because some people, again, don't have the time to read an article and maybe they just need to listen. So. That's... And I, I do want to recommend this website because sure. it, it, it's not well known, I think. So I'm plugging it whenever I can. And it's 1000 numerical 1000 COVID stories.com and health impact news.com. Those are two great websites to see good data and good stories, not uh, actually depressing stories about people dying and getting sick from vaccines. Absolutely. So I plug those two websites because they are really good ones. And uh, other than reading articles on the websites that I publish on, uh, you know, there's uh, so much, but people don't have the time. You know, you, you made the right point. People have busy lives. Okay. You know, working age people have busy lives and are they going to have the time? Actually, I'll tell you a story. I saw my cardiologist this morning, Tom, I have a serious heart problem. And he's been, he, he's been keeping me alive for over a decade, okay? I love the guy. Johns Hopkins cardiologist, top guy, Harvard guy, okay? So I, I talk to him, I say, you know, I'm, I'm working, in, I'm researching all of the pandemic stuff. I throw out some numbers to him. And he, you know, and he starts to tell me this story that he doesn't have the time to read the literature. Yeah, He doesn't have the time to look at the research that I'm closely examining and he's he's just telling me his hard luck story that he works for Johns Hopkins University and and the thumb is on him you know he has to work so hard to see so many patients a day and that when he gets home he doesn't have the time or the energy to follow the medical literature okay I'm following it closer than he's following it so I'm throwing out stuff to him and I have I have you know, the, the right numbers in my head. I can tell him a lot of interesting facts, but he's telling me he doesn't have the time. Yeah. So this is a, a senior cardiologist. Well, it's like when I had George Farid on. He was in his scrubs yeah. and he sat down and cracked a Red Bull and it was in between. He had to go right back to the ICU. And so he's like, let's do this podcast. You don't have time to do that. I did want to touch on what you said about the kind of the hopelessness feeling and that, you know, it's not on our side. And it, that's absolutely the case right now. But I just finished uh, listening to this book uh, called Winter Fortress by uh, Neil Bascombe. And it's about the Norwegian, um, it's about the Norwegian special forces that worked with, uh, uh, what was it? The SCOS, senior exec, senior operations executive, the, 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 the World War II British special forces. Mm-hmm. And they went to take on uh, Norse Kidro, which was a hydroelectric yeah. plant in Norway that yes. was developing heavy water. Which, Same story. Yes, that right that we that they we feared that they were going to use to create an right. atomic bomb. The guys that uh, that the Norwegian guys that went to destroy it. Well, first they went and kind of they went and like camped out and hid in the woods within like twenty miles of it for about a year. And there was like an especially kind of bad part about it because their hometowns were like a two hours hike from where they were. So their hometown where their parents were, where the Nazis were occupying, that they wanted to go and they wanted to go there and, you know, do some real change. But instead they were, it wasn't even like you're 6,000 miles from home. They were like 10 miles from home, Mm -hmm. but they were out in the woods in the Norwegian winter 
with like five hours of sunlight a day. They were in this little tiny cabin. They were there. A lot of them were, they had, uh, they were starting to go through all these vitamin deficiencies because their mm-hmm. diet was like tree bark and like reindeer fat. <laughs> Seriously. And, yeah. and, and uh, close to frostbite. And not only that being hunted by Nazis and they had to stay out there because they knew there was a special mission that they knew where Norse Kedra was and had something to do with that. They were not read in on what heavy water was. They had no idea what an atomic bomb was. No one did. That was hyper classified. Yeah. So they didn't even know, you know, all this would be worth it if, if they knew, hey, we're keeping Hitler from getting an A-bomb. They didn't even know that. They just knew that this was a mission that needed to be done. And to them, they were like, why can't we just go shoot the Nazis in the face that we see? Because that was such that was such small fry stuff that there was this thing right there that changed the course of world history. But they didn't know it. Their homes were just a stone's throw away. They could have gone home. And they talk about, you can read their diaries and their journals about how the hardest part wasn't even the starvation and the freezing cold. It was four guys in a little cabin that was like 10 by 10 feet driving each other insane, just like, you know, getting under each other's skin. And the only way that they could stay sane was they would have to give each other like stories on like their own specialties. One guy talked about how to hunt beavers another guy talked about how to make your own knives. And they just had to sort of stay sane until they finally had the mission. And mind you, this same mission that many times before had resulted in the deaths of everyone. They tried to go in on these gliders. They were captured. The guys that were captured by the Nazis, they had these clamps attached to their calves. They'd rip out their calf muscles. They'd inject air into their blood to kill them. They'd choke them out. They'd burn them alive. I mean, horrific ends. But these guys still stayed out there because they knew that this mission was more important and perhaps less glorious than going out in a blaze of fire and shooting SS officers. But instead, they stayed out there. And they went and they accomplished the goal. And a lot of them still never knew really what they were doing until years after World War II ended. But if you could go back in time and tell those guys freezing cold in a cabin in the woods, just going insane, and if you could say, hey, you don't understand the gravity of this state, let's just say you're a time traveler, and you just appear, you go, hey, you don't understand the gravity of this statement, but you're stopping Hitler from getting a nuclear bomb. And they go, what the hell is a nuclear, what is nuclear? That wasn't even a, like a layman's term. But imagine if you could, right? That's the plot of like a shitty sci-fi movie. We have to go back and stop Hitler from getting an A-bomb. <laughs> but that's what these guys did. And they were out in the woods for months and years. And it felt like this impenetrable, unstoppable Nazi juggernaut was, they had these scientists and this hydroelectric plant and they were going to nuke the world. And these four guys out there driving each other insane, eating reindeer fat and bark, ended up stopping Hitler from getting an A-bomb. And so... I've been trying to think about that a lot recently. Like, God damn, if there's ever been anyone in the world that was entitled to the thought of saying, it kind of feels hopeless, it was them. But now we're here in a world where, thank God, these guys got the A-bomb and we're living in relative peace. So I look at, and this isn't, and this isn't putting you down. This is me going, you know what? It does feel a little hopeless right now. But you're sitting on a couch. I'm in a leather chair. My stomach's full. I got an air conditioner. I'm not eating reindeers. There's no Nazis hunting me. We've got a pretty good fight. And it's, I think the odds are on our side. We have to post articles and do podcasts. Imagine a suicide mission to go blow up Hitler's A-bomb factory. (laughs) So I say that entire rant to say there have been worse odds in the last 80 years that still came out on top. And I yeah. think that we're going to do it, too. It's not going to be fun. It's not going to be easy. But I think we can do it. I, I, I'm, I agree with everything you said. <laughs> but, you know, and one of the things that I envision happening, as they do more of these mandates, particularly mm-hmm. for the armed forces, okay, sure. you're going to see more and more bad data yeah. come out, okay? The truth will come out. Unfortunately, the truth is going to be wrapped in the illnesses and deaths of vaccinated people, particularly people in the military. And I think that's what's going to happen. I think that what the French virologists and others are saying is going to come true. And that is as they keep vaccinating more and more people, they will not be able to suppress all of the data on bad side effects and deaths 
from these vaccines. And that's going to keep coming out. It's going to, the numbers will keep getting bigger and bigger. More and more people are going to know people that this has happened to. So my hope is not just that we continue to do what we think is the right thing to do, you and I, but unfortunately, a lot of people are going to suffer and die because of this mass vaccination program. And the good, unfortunately, I, my view of the future is the good part of that bad news is that the truth will come out and maybe McCullough and others who are saying stop the vaccination program, maybe at some point it will be stopped. And by the way, the other thing that's going on, it's not getting much attention. Malone knows something about this is I think one of these companies will create a vaccine that is not like the current vaccines. Some smart people out there I know are working on new vaccine development, and they may be able to create vaccines that do not have the harmful effects that the current vaccines have. So that's another hope on the horizon, is that there's a hell of a motivation for these co- some of these companies to develop a, a safer alternative to the Pfizer, Moderna, and the other vaccines that are out there now. There's a great economic and moral moral incentive to develop really radically new and different vaccines to deal with this COVID virus. So that's the other positive, I think, thing on the horizon. Some very smart people are working on this, and we don't hear much about it. Because again, why would the mainstream news want to talk about the need for a radically different vaccine when all they're doing is pushing mass use of the current vaccine. So again, we're always dealing with suppression of information that's happening everywhere we look, okay? Even the good news on the horizon, and there is some, about radically new and different vaccines. I can see my before and after my my yelling about the Norwegian soldiers, I got red in the face. I got <laughs> got a little amped up. Um, but well, not, I knew about that story. It's a yeah, great story. Yeah, yeah, yeah. And I feel stupid because I had just discovered this story, and I'm telling it to everyone, and they're all going, "Yeah, no, that's a known story." And I'm, <laughs> whatever. Hey, but yeah, it's a good one. It is. What you just said, I think you're right. There is, you know, despite everything I just said. I think it's it's like if again it's like if you could go back in time and tell those Norwegians, you tell them that and they go awesome, but then you'd have to go. A lot of people are still going to die between now and the time it's over. Right, it's, exactly. we're not we're not finished. Right, it's that line from Fury, right, where Brad Pitt's the tank uh, tank commander in World War Two, and it's like you see that city and they're driving through Germany and there's a whole city on fire, <laughs> and he goes, "That's an entire city on fire," and he goes, "This war will end, but a lot more people are going to die before that happens." Right. I do think that's what's going to happen. We're going to see. Um, you're going to have to it, back to 9/11. I mean, with the Patriot Act, I didn't know this. A guy I have on here regularly, Roger Williams, a brilliant author and uh, computer scientist. Uh, he he gave this like a little lecture episode we did on uh had the, I didn't know this in like 2009 the Patriot Act was actually used to shut down this like porn website, and it was based on like you know they said it had something to do with terrorism which it didn't, but to Roger Roger was like that's what kind of red pilled me on the Patriot Act was right because first it comes in with like I said earlier the images of the Twin Towers. And you're like, you're right, we need the Patriot Act, we need domestic surveillance, this is, you know, this is for the greater good. But then a couple of years go by and people are telling you this isn't good, right? You got Doug Valentine, you got uh, Glenn Greenwald, and eh, sure, maybe you're still going, eh, you know, it's probably still good though. But then you see something where everyone has their own little tipping point and some people have their own red pills. And Rogers was like a porn company got shut down via the Patriot Act. And it was like, hold on. So on that kind of same uh, theme or trend, if you will, I think we're going to see it's, I don't think there's going to be one big thing that happens overnight, but rather there's going to be thousands and millions of these little cases where people are going to be like, you know, I saw, um, there's this one physician I saw tweet the other day where he was like, Hey, like I got my first vaccine and I got like the second shot 
And he was like, and I thought, he's like, and I do believe it was the right thing, but now I'm seeing that they're requiring boosters. And he goes, no, he goes, I'm cutting it off at two. That's all you get. Mm-hmm. So you're having these people that we all have our own tipping points, right? Mine right. was talking to Robert Malone and, and Peter McCullough. Other people might have, um, you know, they might, I talked to a guy the other day whose friend in his eighties got the vaccine and died like 24 hours later. Everyone has their own little red pill. And I think you're right. As we see these mandates go on in the military and private businesses, the day it can't be held back. The truth can never be 100% suppressed. It's going, it's going to seep through, right? Just like eventually the world will defeat the Nazis. But between now and then, there's still going to be a lot of deaths. I think you're right. I don't think it's an easy path. And I don't think we're anywhere near the end. I mean... Other than like global thermonuclear holocaust where you literally kill everyone and destroy all data and books and records, the truth will seep through. You know, but what you're saying reminds me that there are a group of people out there who love to use the word pandemic. Yeah. You know, and and their view was this was all planned and planned to kill off a lot of the global population. I'm never quite bought into that. But... (laughs) But what I'm saying is over the next months and maybe a year or two or three, it's going to look more and more like a pandemic, okay? <laughs> yeah, <we're... laughs> because, it, you know, here we are, what, only into the use of vaccines for not even a year, and I believe the data does show 100,000 deaths. Well, what's it going to be as more and more people get vaccinated over the next year or so? So then I think the numbers start to get really extreme and the concept of pandemic uh, begins to take on more and more well legitimacy let's say um okay well that's that's the ugly reality just as you're saying there's a price to pay until we get all the truth out and all the solutions out uh but you know but when you talk to george farid and doctors like that uh his his partner was on one of the programs the other night Collier. Um, I can't think of the name right now, but he there's two of them that work together. Yeah, yeah they're both going to come uh, back on in September. Yeah, and, and they treated, I think the number is about 7,000 patients. Mm-hmm. Never lost one. Not one, I think, ever had to go to the hospital, okay? And we need, you know, to hear more of these stories of the guys, the few, but I want to say statistically, 80 and 90% of all the physicians in the United States work for large corporations of one sort or another. So Fareed and his partner, they are independent doctors, just like, you know, lots of other of these guys that we like are independent, okay? That's why they're doing the right thing, using the generics. But I'm hearing horror stories. I don't know whether uh, George talked to you about this. Uh, CVS Pharmacy, uh, making it very difficult for, for prescriptions of ivermectin to be fulfilled at CVS stores. Mm-hmm. This is a real problem. Uh, so, the, and now I've heard that the, a couple of websites that I've always touted as you can go to and get a doctor to prescribe you hydroxy or ivermectin, I'm hearing that those websites somehow are being screwed in one way or another. And now, it's getting more and more difficult for just ordinary people to go to those websites and get through telemedicine a prescription that could be filled at some other drugstore other than CVS, mind you. So there's a lot of other sort of uh, beneath the surface. The battle is, is, is not just about information. It's also nasty things that are going on, like the CVS story. Uh, and, and that's what I'm hearing from some physicians around the country. Uh, these are ugly things going on, and uh, that's the way it is. Again, it, and it's, it's evil to hear that stuff about people not fulfilling ivermectin, or, but again, what these are all gonna do is they're gonna serve as, these are all gonna be little data points somewhere in mm-hmm. the future when the documentary is made. It's like, that's when I, re- right? Mine, again, mine was talking to Malone. You know, other people are going to have theirs when their friend died. Right now, people are getting their own little turning point. In years, they'll go, yeah, you know what finally hit me? It's when I went to the pharmacy to get ivermectin because I just wanted to try it, and it was <laughs> denied. It's So these are all, although evil, 
they're also their turning points, right? It's it's a it's it's a being a nuclear inspector at an Iranian facility, and you're going. They don't have any nukes, and you're going in there. Can we look in that room? Yeah, sure. See, there's no nukes. You go in the next room. Can we go in that room? Yeah, sure. Can we go in that room? Uh, no. Why? Why not? We cannot go in that room, and there's armed guards. Well, that serves as a point where you go. You know, I kind of believe that they didn't have any <laughs> nukes. But remember that one room with the armed guards? That I wonder what's in that room, and these all and although that's that's inherently bad they didn't let us in that room do they have nukes it also serves it's not all for naught it serves as a purpose you go oh okay and there's that and they might not admit it right away and that's the other thing right it's kind of the turning of the tide it's like um with uh, dr lawrence burns who's one of the founding fathers of autonomous driving he was the vice president of gm for a while he worked for darpa he worked for google i've had him on this podcast twice he's the author of the book autonomy he uses a great analogy about like a like a herd stampede where he's like all it takes is like the first you know whatever animal to look up and it looks around and then the second one looks up mm-hmm. and one starts running and then the next and the rest you know they might go, you know, I thought I heard something, but I don't want to be the one to stand up. But then it's these others running and it goes, well, they're running, so I'm going to follow them. And next, right? Or it's that other quote, right? It it costs nothing to be the second patriot, right? The first patriot is hated. He's ostracized. And then others join him when there's no cost. But then the entire tide turns. I think what we're going to see right now is you have people who are being ostracized, right? Pierre Corey, yourself, Dr. Malone, Dr. McCullough, Dr. Farid, yeah. Dr. Hodkinson, Dr. Tenenbaum, on RFK Jr., who was a, a liberal icon forever until he started talking <laughs> about vaccines, and now they say he's yeah. a Nazi. What we're having right now is there's a lot of uh, antelope who are don't quite want to turn up their head, but they're looking around for other people turning up their heads. So we have this entire... Uh, here's another great analogy. Uh, Howard Bloom, he, 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 he talks about how there's like, right, there's a certain amount of salt you can dissolve in an aqueous solution below the point where it becomes super saturated and the salt will clump together in, uh, or the, yeah, the salt will, it, it's like an acid. You have, it's not important. The salt will come together into a big crystal, but you can fill it up, fill it up, fill it up right up to that point. You don't see it building up on the bottom. It just dissolves and it's clear until all of a sudden you add one more drop and then the entire thing, you see a big salt crystal. That's where we're at right now. Sorry, I know I'm ranting, but that's where I feel we're at right now. The other great story, which I haven't heard lately, is the frogs in the water that the boiling water? Yeah, yeah, yeah. The boiling water frogs story. Yeah. yeah, which is also applicable here. It's going to take a while, okay, for all the people that are in the water of our society, and it, the water is getting hotter and hotter, and eventually, as it gets hotter, more and more people are going to die, and that truth is going to be more and more visible. What's happening? And so that's the way it's going to roll out, I think. And there's going to be a breaking point where all of a sudden, crack, it, uh, the entire mindset will change at once. And we'll, and everyone will go, how did it all change at once? And the reality is, is it wasn't. It was building up underneath the surface. And those in control know that. They know there's an iceberg. But they're well, that's, trying... why they're, that's why they're moving so quickly. Yeah, yeah, yeah. The mask so is off. Rapidly. They got to move. Got to move. You got to move, Right? Man. It's, it's... That, that's why this FDA approval is so significant. Because in older times, and McCullough may have told you this, they would have taken this vaccine off the market just based on the VAERS data, okay? But not only did they not take it off the market, they didn't wait another two or three years to, to make Pfizer do all the studies, they got the approval out. And by the way, it's in my article, they didn't use the review committee. I want to emphasize, people read my article. They didn't, FDA did not use the existing physician review committee to make this decision on the approval of the Pfizer vaccine. So isn't that something revealing? This government agency didn't even follow its own tradition, its own rules. It didn't use the external review committee. So that tells you that this decision was more political than it was medical. 
Okay, yeah. I think that's a very re revealing fact. Yeah, it's yeah. You're you're right. Yeah, the mask comes off, so you have to start moving faster and faster and faster. Right? You gotta. It's, yeah. Yeah. It's. I think that's what we're gonna see, and I think right now, like all things, right? We look back and we look back at things like World War Two, and it's you know how come the people didn't just rise up, and it's well we're looking at it in the rearview mirror. We have all this decades of an analysis, and now we know how the story unfolds, right? It's like watching a movie for the second time, and you're like, you know, don't go in there. That's where the monster is. And it's, well, you now know it's happening, but, right, it's the fog of war. Well, right now, we're in, the, we're in the thick of it. There are things that we don't know. There are things that in, in two months, you and I might do an episode, and we'll be like, man, we had no idea about, you know, whatever thing x thing y we're right imagine if you went back two months ago and said what do you think about Kabul airport you'd be like what the fuck is Kabul <laughs> airport right but there's always these things that we don't know right now but as i told you beforehand i have another guy yes. at 4 p.m so i gotta uh -huh. wrap this one up dr joel hirschhorn author of pandemic blunder i will put it in the description as always as well as the websites that you want there and if you want any additional ones just i know you told me what is it, a thousand COVID stories Yes. And what was the second one? Um, healthimpactnews.com. Health, okay. Healthimpactnews. Okay. Yeah. Well, let me... Great, let me, great websites. I'll make sure I get those right now so I can put those in the description. Don't go anywhere yet. Let me just make sure I get them. And uh, 1,000 COVID stories. COVID stories. Duh, 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 duh. Got that. And what was it? Health Impact? Health Impact News. Health Impact news got it i'll put both those in the description yeah. um i will email you when this one's up i got two more episodes today so it probably won't be up till much later in this evening actually it won't be on youtube at all because youtube is part, <laughs> part of the machine that's right. shutting all this shit down but right. we'll be up on rumble bitshoot odyssey and people can listen on spotify i'll send you the link when it's up i'll put all those links inc including your book in the description and um i'll send you an email when it's up and then we can schedule our next podcast Great, great to be with you again, Tom. As always, thank you so much for what you're doing. And everybody listening, you may not agree with us. You may not agree with Dr. Hirshhorn or myself or Malone or McCullough, and that's fine. But at the very least, we should allow open discussion because once you start censoring, there's never been anyone in the history of the world that the censors have been on the right side of. So you don't have to like us. Maybe we're wrong. Maybe in a year we found out the vaccine saved everyone's life. I'm open to that idea. Maybe I'm wrong. Who knows? I don't think we are. Keep an open mind and remember that ultimately we all are we are all on the same side. Like we all want everyone to live a happy life. Like that's Dr. Hirshhorn, thank you so much, sir. God bless. Thanks, sir. God bless thank America. You. Stay safe, everybody. Yeah, thank you, Tom. Of course. Bye -bye. Recording stopped.